Welcome to another episode of Demystifying Gay Porn. My name is I.K. Grande, and if you've watched gay porn in the past 12 years, I've definitely helped you get off. So today, uh, today I had a uh, conversation with a gentleman who heard my last uh, podcast inviting uh, different fetishes uh, so we can talk about them. And I found this very, very interesting, so I immediately uh, invited him down so we can have a conversation about it. Uh, it's not something that is incredibly common, but it's something that's in front of our faces all the time. Uh, so you, you can kind of understand why people would like something like this. Uh, what we're talking about is macrophilia. And um, macrophilia is basically the love of uh, or the fantasizing of giants or giant things. So big and small, but really big and really small. So, without further ado, uh, this is Luke. I'd like to introduce you to Luke. Hey, guys. So, what can I say? Uh, <laughs> well, there's a lot to say. There's a lot that goes into this whole idea of macro, and it's not exactly something that you would necessarily think of or uh, is something that you would like jump to, but... I think it grows from a young age. Yeah, but think about from a young age is a perfect setting for this. Yeah. Think about what you just said there. If you see it at a young age, where are you seeing it? Uh, well, me personally it was through TV. Yeah, everybody. So the reason why I say that is because you know it's if if it has a term, there are plenty of people that do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Tell me what your your first instinct or the first thing that you saw. That led me into this. That led you into it. There's multiple things. So the best one I can think of is Sesame Street. There was a part or an episode or a skit within Sesame Street that I was watching when I was a kid. I mean, I had to be like seven-ish, eight-ish, something like that. Um, and it involved this spec. And it was like Robin... It, it was like based on Robin Leach's uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. It was that theme, except it was uh, someone interviewing very, very, very small person and a very, very large person. And the small person was a dot living inside like a cardboard uh, milk carton, like just a dot jumping around. And then the very, very large person was a giant that was getting into bed. And you happen to see just the bottom of the bed. And then all of a sudden you hear rumbling and then the giant gets up and you see his two feet come down and he puts his feet in slippers and then goes and brushes his teeth and his teeth and his, um, his toothbrush is like a, a broom, like an obvious broom. So I remember as a kid, I was like, oh my God, like that just intrigued me. It just like drew me right in. And like, I, I just wanted to explore it and like basically fantasize about that situation. And I think a lot came from there. Like it just opened it up, you know, as if a window was open that wasn't open before. So Sesame Street. Yeah. Where they teach us stuff. And it was a beautiful show about learning, yeah. But it's also subconsciously teaching us things as well. But we're not going to go there. No, we're it's not. a whole different conversation, yeah. yeah. So from there, what what happened? Like, what developed? Uh, an interest, like a focus. How did you take something that was a fantasy like that and apply it to real life? healthy imagination so my ima imagination like ran wild all the time not just because of that situation just in general like i always i lived inside my head when i was growing up whether that's good or bad whatever i just was always in my head thinking about things so i remember liking that scenario and 
liking the, I guess, basically the power of the larger person versus the insignificance and lack of power of the smaller person. And that dynamic like fueled a lot of thought. Like I always would play around with that. And it intrigued me to the point of exciting me to the point of then get getting aroused eventually from it, like developed into that. Wow. <laughs> That's really thought out, like really broken down. Yeah. Well, cause I've had a lot of time to think about it. Cause like, I feel like I live like a double life, you know, like I'm a double, a cool double agent, but not that cool because that kind of interest I look at as one thing. I separate it and then look at myself and I'm like, that's not me, but I enjoy it. It's weird. Okay. I think it's, it's a taboo. It's something that most people wouldn't understand or would look at not positively. They would look down at it saying, Oh, there's something wrong with you or yeah, you're looking at it wrong. Like that's weird. And I was terrified of having that experience. So I knew I liked it. I didn't really care what people thought of it. So I kept it private and it was just my thing. And I think that's what, at least for me, made it like a little more complex because when you're able to talk about something or be like, oh yeah, well, I, I love blue walls. Like that's just my thing. I was like, oh cool. You're a blue wall guy. That's awesome. Like they just take it and go with it. But then there's some things that don't, that doesn't have, that doesn't happen. You know, you, you get a different response and you just, I don't know. It's it's not, it's not easy to navigate at a young age because I knew I was into it. How has, from the time that you were fantasizing all this stuff, how has like coming across this stuff now, uh, like bloomed or taken off? Well, it's changed a lot. So when I first started being curious about like size difference and for me, so specifically I like everyone has like a spectrum. So I, I enjoy being smaller and having someone who's larger than me. That whole combination of things creates a whole genre for me. Like it's a, it's a fusion of all these things. But that being said, going on the internet at a young age, when internet started to become possible, like I, cause I remember when I was in like grade school, like fifth grade, which was probably like the early nineties there was internet, but there wasn't much on it. And like, I didn't know how to navigate it really. So it later on, like I'd say 90, at the end of the nineties, maybe early two thousands, that's when all of a sudden I figured out, I like, could ask a question and find stuff. And when I started doing that, there was sites out there. There were like groups, Yahoo groups. There were uh, pictures that popped up random websites here and there very, very rarely that dealt with it and would make like a montage. And it would be like an edited picture that, uh, created a situation that I liked and I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is like fueled me. Like it's a real thing. I don't have to forget about it because there's other people who also like it. I'm not like an outlier, not a freak. It's just, you know, it, it's just something different that people get into. And that was like really reassuring because like you've realized that it might be specific, but based on the number of people on, on the planet, like there's probably some other people that think similarly. And what if like the person that created what you're watching was also into that. And his best way of conveying it was putting it on film. That's where I've thought that it's not hundred percent that way. I think there's a very important imagery that exists with that situation to that point. Think about if you're trying to convey a story, when people are less educated, if you want to convey power, control, dominance, any of those alpha situations a giant is a very quick and clear way to be like oh he's bigger than me so he has power over me it's a very strong uh imagery conveyor so i think like it was probably used at a certain point to convey things so 
almost like that that imagery had a beneficial use for explaining something to people, mm-hmm. but people misinterpreted it or people uh, allowed it to play out differently in their head. And that created basically, I think, what I might be into because growing up, you hear stories, you hear fables and they involve giants. So it, it's like, it's almost like seeds were laid and that one happened to like stick with me. I can see that. That's a great explanation. for. And for me personally, I've, like I said before, I felt that it made me an outlier, like in being into something like that also made me want to understand a little better because I wanted to figure out like, well, why am I into it? Like, what did I do wrong? Which I didn't, I mean, I didn't start until I was older. Like when I was younger, I just was like interested in it. I didn't think anything beyond that. Well, you became ashamed. Yes, exactly. I felt shame. Exactly. So what does it, what does it mean to be macro? It can mean many things for me personally, uh, or specifically, I should say, it means being into the idea of another man being impossibly bigger than you. Like I'm, let's say I'm six feet tall uh, and someone walks next to me and they're like 89 feet tall, but similar build and shape of a human being, like a humanoid giant, because a lot of times giants are looked at as like big, fat, ugly beasts. I don't like that. Like that's ugly. That's not like exciting to me because I look at it as a fantasy, like Mm -hmm. in a sexual sense. So when I see a giant, I see like someone similar like build to me just way way bigger and has like a dominance thing like wants to like like notices me and wants to like control me or own me or uh destroy me or any of the above you know like something that i don't have a say in you know Mm -hmm. and that fantasy like works for me like gets me like really turned on and interested in it like i I like to play it out in my head and i don't know why i i wish that's the thing that bothers me sometimes because i'm like well why do i like that like that's I hear myself and I catch myself in the moment of like getting really turned on by something. I'm like, why? Like, that's what's going to do it. Like, I could find the dumbest thing and all of a sudden, boom, I'm good. I, I can like climax and I'm good for the night. Like, I I don't need more than that. It's so silly. Like, I feel like a lot of people need like this ornate thing and like it has to be so exact or not even exact, but just like, I, which I mean, technically I'm explaining myself because I, I need it to be a very precise or a very certain situation but i feel like mine's really easy because i could do it in my head and i'm that's it you know so i i wonder about it a lot like why do i think that like why do i want that do you think it's uh applicable the same way uh with giant women very interesting question and i i i'm happy you brought that up because that's another aspect of it because what i'm into is more it's homosexual. I like a large man and a, and a small guy, a small man. When you switch around and all of a sudden the woman is, is the large one. She's the giant. She's a giant test. She's no longer a giant. So it's a different uh, situation. It's a different word, everything that's more. Okay. There've been mainstream movies made about that. Like the f- attack of the 50 foot woman. What was her name? Who was in it? Daryl Hannah, Daryl Hannah, like that was a big deal. Like that's, that's my community. It's just, it just alienates me because I happen to like it in a homosexual sense. Whereas that's heterosexual and that's okay. Like producers and Hollywood or be like, Oh, that's not a problem. Like we get that. But when it comes to like anything homoerotic, they're like, oof, like we can't touch that. Even now, you know, it's not like, not like it's changed that much because nothing, I mean, there've been some things like Jack Black did a Gulliver's Travels mm-hmm. thing at one point, but it doesn't have the same feel. Like if you watch that Daryl Hannah movie, you're like, oh, there's there's definite sexual undertones in it. Like what she's wearing, how revealing you see. How, think about how much of her skin you see constantly. 
what does that say? It's not like, oh, they're trying to make her like. Maybe somebody should make an attack of, of a 50 foot man. Today. That would be great. I think, I think today people would watch it. It's an unexplored genre in the mainstream. Maybe it's not meant for mainstream. I'll admit to that. Fine. Poss- that's possibly it. But like, it's, it can be explored. We explore everything now. We have every show about everything. Well, not really, but like. Yeah, we do. There's everything for everyone. Mm-hmm. So there should be a uh, macro channel. I feel like people into macro are also very specific. They're like persnickety. Like, mm. oh, I, I like it only when the lighting is from above. That's what gets them off. But that, that leads into a whole other thing about how now you can look for or create whatever you want in a, in a porn sense. Like, it's all out there or a lot of it's out there. So you can be hyper specific in your needs and your wants. So it breeds this like, very very fine and delicate situation that everyone needs to like get their jollies off you know They're, let's say they were going to shoot attack of the 50 foot man and they said well you know we heard you on this podcast uh <laughs> with your whole second round they said well we heard you on there and uh we think that you would be amazing uh, to do casting for this huh? <laughs> who would you cast i'd be happy to do that well with can- today's stars oh well, I mean, I would love <laughs> Zach Efron. I mean, that he is a delicious man. I think also, I mean, again, my opinion here, I could be wrong about this, but from how I see it, to be into this, depending on what side of it you're on, because when you're, when you're giant, you're like more in control and it's just like you get what you want mm-hmm. versus the other end where you're the small guy, you're like, you don't have a choice and you have to be like, you have to just let go. And I think some people can't wrestle with that, which is why it works for people because they can fantasize about Mm -hmm. it, but they, they can't, they can't like let it wash over them, Mm -hmm. you know, because like that's, that's a lot. You're saying, well, okay, I don't, I'm, I'm meaningless, but in the craziest way that's helped me a lot because the less you like, not to say less you care about yourself, but like, the less you hold yourself on this crazy pedestal in high regard, the better life gets. Because I think a lot of the benefits of this world are given or are earned by people who don't focus on themselves. It sounds crazy, and I'm sure there's many reasons to say I'm wrong, but I personally believe that I'm correct about it, that the the less concern you have over over you in general, this is a very general thing, you kind of you can kind of get through life a little easier because if you notice people who are very loud and abrasive and like have to like explain themselves and display it constantly constant peacocking no one likes that once in a while of course everyone needs to do it it's like get over yourself like let's move on and like do something together as like a as a species the role of uh, the giant and the small person right in your personal life how easy was that to find people that you were comfortable telling or people that you were, um, you met because of that? Extremely simple answer. It's wildly difficult for me to explain it to anybody because it's such a departure from how I, how I see myself. So I have trouble talking to someone about it because it's like vulnerability for me. Cause when I say that it's like, Oh, I, again, my view of it or my opinion. Well, I'm into this weird thing that goes against, I assume how you see me and, this is what it is. Like, it's, it's awkward. It's not something I really like to talk about. If it comes up in conversation, yes, I'll run with it and I'll see if I can break a wall and get open up. 
Uh, but it's not something I've been really been able to talk to many people about. But through a forum that I'm a member of, I was able to meet people locally. I feel like when there are people or a community that wear dog masks and uh, wag their tails and stuff, for a community like that to exist, the macro community could exist out in the open too because they're fantasizing about another human. It's a different species. But, you know, one is subservient to the other and uh, catering to their needs. Right. It's it's all, it all goes back to everything. Positive, negative, binary, on-off, black-white things. Like, it's just, everyone everyone has a variation of it. Everything's on the spectrum. So, yeah, some people like to be owned by, by an owner while they're a pet. Some people like to get fucked in the ass. Some people like to fuck someone in the pussy. Like, there's always a role. Like, everyone enjoys being one or the other or something in between that's just the that's the reality of existence and life going back to the forum yeah. um you met people on the forum yeah so that was a huge help what did you google to get this forum <sighs> to be honest i'm not really sure what exactly linked me up to the the forum but there were sites like there's a site it used to be a site called dimensions which was very early on like that's mid 90s maybe late 90s Someone created a site and it had uh, some montages, no videos. That was like way too advanced, uh, but it had stories, had like fantastic stories, like really like specific mini stories about like this scenario or sorry, this genre with like certain scenarios played out. Um, and a lot of people knew it. It was like a big, like a very popular site for the community. And then from there, I wound up finding, I think, a link maybe. They had links. You know, a lot of sites had links to other sites. There was a link, I think, to this forum and Coil Fist. And it, like, brought me to this whole new existence. Like, there was, this was more specific for me because Dimensions were just stories and, and a few occasional montages. Whereas... Yeah, but stories can get hot. But this, this site, Coil Fist... It's like a forum. And, like, you... There was, like, a general board where everyone could, like post whatever they found, like ask a question, post some, some, a picture of something they found or whatever. And it was really cool for me. Cause I was like, Oh, there's people out there that are very similar to me and they are just normal people. Like they're just existing in life and we're talking about it. And I was able to meet a couple people through it and they were really cool people. Like it was, it, it sounds so basic. And so like, Oh, obviously, but when you experience it from like not knowing anybody and it being this personal thing that you don't tell anybody and you thinking it was weird to meeting another human being that felt almost exactly the same way and had similar experiences. It's like, wow, this is like a real thing and it's okay. Like it just, it, it makes everything more manageable. And that was awesome. Like that, that really helped me, you know, to, to figure it, to navigate life and to make sense of what I was seeing and thinking, you know, at a young age. It's interesting. They had just posted something on there about how, what did you do for content before a certain time, if you're above a certain age. So a lot of these guys were like, oh yeah, I'm currently like in my mid fifties. And all we had was the Sears catalog and our imagination. And wow. I was like, yeah, I I get that. I I wasn't, I'm not that age. I'm I'm a little younger thing. Well, not thankfully, but I, I'm a little younger. Um, that's, I, I get the un, the mindset behind that. I understand what it was like because you had to like create nothing, you know, create something out of nothing, basically, imagination wise. 
how good is it getting for uh, people who are into macro or macro? Visibility as like as far as what you can find. Yeah, like it, it is such a golden age right now. Yeah, because you can find anything for free. If you, you know, if you have basic understanding of how to use the internet, you can find anything. Once you've found it, you can then hone in on that particular thing and get more of it. And then if that content isn't good enough for you, you can then buy it. You can, you, there are literally online production houses through multiple sites that if you'll say, Oh, well, I kind of want this model to do this thing, uh, with this scenario, they'll be like, okay, that's 150 done. And it's within a week or two, you have it given to you, hmm. or you can buy pre-produced stuff that they just have like a quick, uh, preview of, and you can look through it. Oh, I like that. Okay. I'll take it. And it's like six or 10 bucks. It's like, it's very affordable and like very simple that when I was growing up, that wasn't a possibility. Number one, I, I probably didn't have a credit card <laughs> or money, whether it was expensive or cheap, I didn't have the ability to do that. But the fact that now you can just pay a small fee and get exactly what you want, mm -hmm. it's pretty crazy. I don't know if that's good. I enjoy it. I'm not complaining, but that's... Before uh, doing this interview, I mm -hmm. read up on a couple of things and uh, came across a couple of pictures and came across a couple of like movies, like popular movies... That's the funny part, because um, there's someone else on the forum that like basically takes any popular culture or mainstream video or clip or whatever that happens to involve macro and makes little like music videos out of it. And I'm always blown away by the sheer amount of content he can find. And I more and more start realizing, well, it's just it's a common thing. It's just we we look at it differently. It does something different to us. Just like how. I don't know what other fetishes out there that like you can see something in every day and it like means something different to you or think about this. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of people who look at like, again, guys, guys in shorts when they don't wear underwear. If there's a, a Tumblr page I was a part of. There's definitely been times that I've Googled. Dick Slates. It's, well, yeah, <laughs> but it's gotten so specific that you can Google uh, certain words together and something will come up. So I wanted to ask. In relationships, how important? Oh, how important is this? That's a tough one. So it's very important. Um, it's like a central theme. So that central theme is like the the highway which allows me to 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 climax, to enjoy anything, you know. And that also makes you have to live inside your head a lot. You like. It's not that you disconnect, but like you, to get your rocks off, you have to kind of like get to that place. I, I calm myself down in thinking that that's anybody. I feel like anyone has their situation that sits in their head or that reoccurs when they're like horny or whatever that might get them to come up to the come or to climax. But like, I feel like for me, this situation is like the one of the few, you know? So yeah, it, it plays a central theme and it, it has a profound effect on a relationship. Absolutely. So another thing that I read up on last thing I want to touch on with you is, uh, size con. What have you read? I have read that it's like, I just really quickly want to preface because what? that sounded like we were plugging. I know we're not. The reason why 
I even brought it up like that was because of the fact that uh, one of the one of the top things that came up and all these things that that they promote like there's this woman who inflates and that's a thing too really like she her tits are huge yeah so she does something and it's called something specific but she makes her but she, her thing is big boobs and men love that and when i Ooh. saw that i remember thinking I remember seeing cartoons and stuff growing up of big tits. And I see, like, you kind of, you're growing up watching all of this, and then you get to a certain age, and you look back, and when you look back, you see a whole bunch of other people that were, like, affected by certain things. I think men who like big tits like that, they definitely saw, they watched the same things we did, and they took from it what they wanted to. Right. That's crazy, the effect that television... I wonder if not having seen that episode of Sesame Street or not having experienced something that, like, I guess, in a sense, triggered me to be interested in that, who would I be? It's had such a prolonged and pretty impactful effect on me that that's part of me. Like, it's just me. That's just, it's, you can't, like, separate the two. I wonder what it would be like if that didn't happen or had, hadn't happened. Mm -hmm. So what was it like uh, telling the first person or first friend that you, uh, you went to this? Very nerve wracking because it's like very uh, revealing mm -hmm. and made me feel very vulnerable because it opened me up to have someone say, oh, you're weird or like, that's odd. What's wrong with you? Um, but it was a positive experience, to be honest. I, I was able to, to, it was a friend and I kind of explained the idea and in the best way possible, he was like, oh, that's intriguing. Like, I, I, that's not weird. It's interesting that you think that's funny, but like interesting. And that was enough for me. I was like, I wasn't ostracized. I wasn't like looked down upon because I said this. So yeah, it was a good experience. How would you, how did identifying, right, as, as macro negatively affected things in your life or positively? Uh, in a negative way, it's, it makes me focus on things that like aren't good or I would rather not kind of thing. Um, an example of that would just be like, I don't know, I, I focused a lot on, on like feet and like people like stepping on things. And it's not a great thing to like think about and focus on, but I enjoy it. I absolutely enjoy it. I'm not like unhappy because I look at it, but sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, there should be something else you could do with your time. There's something else you could focus on, whatever, you know, this is not the best. Um, yeah. But in in a negative sense, yeah, it just makes me feel like sometimes I'm not like proud of it or happy about it. But I, Again, I think a lot of things are like that. That's how everything starts. But when I came out as gay, I wasn't, or the first time I had a gay experience, I wasn't happy about it. Yeah. Or, which sucked. You're happy during the moment while it's happening. Then afterwards, you feel like shit. Yeah. Uh, we were going on about uh, SizeCon. Yes, I'm absolutely going. It's the first time I'm going to go. I'm very excited about it. Um, and I don't know what to expect. It's in February at some point. I'm not sure what day, but... If you guys are interested in uh, looking this up, it's called macrophilia. It's uh, macro. Uh, I'm sure if you put anything regarding porn, gay porn, 
and mackerel right behind it, it would come up. So uh, check out what this is and if it's something that you might enjoy or something that you think your friend likes or something like that, you never know. I want to thank my guest, Luke, uh, for coming on the show and Thank you so much for listening to Demystifying Key Porn. If you like what we do here, uh, subscribe on anywhere you can listen to podcasts and you can watch it on YouTube. Again, uh, Ike Grande, I've been your host for Demystifying Gay Porn. And if you've watched gay porn in the past 12 years, I've definitely helped you get off. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>